Hello and welcome to the Nicole Murphy podcast. Today on this Instagram live, I'm going to be joined by Rodolfo Menjavar. Rodolfo and I met a few years ago at Transformation Weekend that we did with Aaron Sky Kelly. And today we're going to be talking about how the revolution really starts in our work. Let's see. I think I have to invite you, Rodolfo. This happened last time too. Uh. Do, do, do. Um, Hello. Oh, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? It's going great. I'm having like a super busy day, but like I feel amazing getting a lot of great stuff done. And yeah, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited for this conversation. I was like writing down all these questions because I think what we're going to talk about is so important. And we'll start by saying Rodolfo was one of the people that was really speaking out at the beginning of what's been taking place in the last couple of years. We're going to use some code oh, yeah. <laughs> sharing things and, and you do it still, but I'm curious cause it, you've changed a little bit in the content that you share. I'm curious your journey over the last couple of years and, and what sparked you to speak up and how you kind of changed. Okay. Awesome. And I just want to say hi to everybody that's on. Yeah. And yeah. So, at at the beginning like i've i've always like my my whole life i've always been like i'm going to do things my way i'm not really a fan of being told what to do and even right like i was born in el salvador in, in the civil war and so like my family's got roots in like fighting back and it, you know my 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 whole lineage like you know ancestors and everything that's that's where it all comes from and so i've always even in high school, clashed with teachers and you know, like, you have to do it this way. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's like a million ways to do this and stuff. And so when all this started three years ago, I can't believe it's been three years. I know. Almost. And I was like, the, f the first week or two, you know, the initial like, oh, no, like two weeks, the initial thing they were saying two weeks. I'm like, you know, I, I, stayed home and i'm like watching what's going on because no, no nobody knew what the hell was going on and they're i i honestly i had my car packed i'm like if 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 bodies start dropping on the street like they say it's gonna happen like i'm out i'm fucking taking off to the mountains i had like food water fucking like whatever i was like i'm out of here i'm not sticking around for this and then when i saw like that none of that was happening i was like okay like what's going on here what's actually going on and what's because you know right these people are habitual liars mm. it's yep. what they do is lie and push their narratives and all that kind of stuff so i'm like what's going on here and then that's when i was like okay like there's totally something else going on here and i'm not fucking playing this game i'm like, like I'm, no I'm, dice yeah. Yeah, I'm like, no, thanks. You guys can you guys can do that all you want. I'm going to be over here and I'm still going to go see my friends. I'm going to still hug people. I'm going to still even in Edmonton. Like at one point they said you couldn't off leash your dog, even at the off leash parks. Like they they actually did that in Edmonton. And I'm like, what? I'm going to the park twice a day now. It's just to like, you know, and then so I started like doing research and what was going on and and i felt that i took it upon myself to show people that you can still go and live your life and you're not going to die and you're not going to kill the people around you and everything and like i did my best where like i'm not you know i was never out there like calling people names or people that didn't disagree with me and that kind of thing and making fun of people or anything i just wanted to show that hey i'm not actually i'm not listening to what these people are telling us to do and i'm perfectly healthy i'm not dead i'm alive i'm enjoying my life and i actually i actually thrived through all the COVID stuff where i was like i you know i started uh working out every day i started going for walks five times a day because there's nothing else to do and everything right like i i actually thrived through that it was it's been the healthiest times of my life and now i've kept it going Whereas like it, it, that's what it did for me where I was like, Oh, like I'm, I'm let's say there is something like there's something. Um, am I going to leave it up to this piece of cloth to keep me healthy? 
or am I going to make healthy decisions in what I eat, what I put into my mind, if I'm working out, how I'm taking care of myself, my sleep, all that, right? Like there's, I'm not going to, if there's this crazy thing going on, I'm not going to leave it up to some piece of cloth to keep me safe. Like that's, that's crazy. And just, and just, yeah, I just wanted to show people like you don't have to comply for lack of a better term, right? Like there's so many ways to be healthy and it's up to you. It's all the, the individual choices and personal because nobody was saying anything about this, like mental health, physical health. Nobody was saying, go exercise, eat right, eat your fruits and veg. Everyone's like, oh, just wear a mask and you'll be fine. It was like, no. And I know. And, and you were really like, you had the courage to speak up. Now, I'm going to rewind for people who don't know you're an author. You coach men. I believe you're um, in training for shamanic healing to be. Yeah. I don't know the right wording. Maybe, a shaman, I guess. That's uh, the, the, the correct terms will be shamanic coach and shamanic practitioner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And, and you've done a lot of self-development work, spiritual work. So let's rewind. You mentioned you grew up in El Salvador. What was your childhood like? And, and what were you like as a kid? Well, I was, I was born in El Salvador. I grew up in Canada. Uh, my family, I was born right like smack dab in the middle of the war. The war was... 79 to 91 92 and i was born in 85 and in 80s 1987 so right before i turned two years old my family came to canada uh because with that like my my grandpa was killed uh by government forces uh my uncle was killed he well my uncle was was kidnapped and never seen again um but that's you know they disappeared a lot of people back then uh it's kind of how they kept the the murder numbers down or the kills the kills numbers down they just disappeared them and no one's seen them and there's like you know mass graves with thousands hundreds thousands of bodies out there and stuff so i think i think it was they said sixty thousand people were disappeared in that time and so my uncle was one of them i was named after my uncle actually uh, so, right, so I never, I never got to meet either of my grandpas. I never got to meet my uncle, and so it's just, and and my dad was next. If we hadn't left, like you know, it was, it was so my dad left before us. And then, uh, funny enough, the church was part of what helped helped us leave and helped us get on a plane. And you know, we had no papers, no nothing, and like the u.s held us for a few days because they're like what the hell are you doing like you can't you got no papers nothing or we're like we're fucking fleeing the war like and and then eventually they let us just go to canada and so we came to canada uh we were in welfare when we got here right like new country new language uh, my parents had to like their my parents schooling didn't mean anything here so it was like having to get no new education, learn the language, find a job and all that. And so my, my youth was like elementary was tough. And like, you know, going like, I was like, not, not white. Right. So like, and it was like a 90, 95% white school. And then to add that on top of that, it was like, oh, we're poor too. So like, you know, getting teased, bullied, that kind of stuff. And so I had a lot of, and then my dad was very hmm, abusive. So physically, mentally, emotionally. And so I was, a, I grew up in fear is how my, the first 10, 12 years of my life was, it was fear. And then there's that would turn into anger. Mm. And and so with that, I remember one of the things my dad did teach me when I was young is if somebody does something to you, you hit them. See, si, Espanol. <laughs> and that's, that's what I learned at a young age is like, that's how you deal with your problems is someone does something, you hit them. And so like my dad left at, <laughs> Sorry, that's, right before. It's not funny, but it's just. It's like, crazy. You, you understand it, though, when you when you have the landscape of the Civil War that you know and where your dad grew up it's like you get that thought process but it's it's nuts yeah sorry yeah like it's it's crazy and yeah i get it and like now looking back of like the, you know he he grew up through the he lived through the war you know his dad was 
killed and like all that kind of stuff so all he saw was violence people dying in the streets and you know that's that's trauma like that's that's traumatizing and stuff so like i i understand i have a better understanding of him and everything he went through and why he was like that now um so yeah he left when i was just before i turned 10 and and then that was like okay so i have no i became the man of the house at 10 years old and so there's my mom two sisters and then my grandma was living with us for a while too so i'm just been surrounded by women my whole life and that was so i've definitely been in touch with my feminine side my whole life and that was part of i felt like after my dad left too even while he was around i had to hide that so like I'm I'm a very emotional guy like I'm not afraid to cry show emotions and all that kind of stuff and so then yeah then it was it was tough to not have a, a father and you know come grade 10 I really really started clashing with my teachers and 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 starting to get into trouble starting like you know cannabis and just skipping school all the time and then i remember one of the changes that like the you know the, the tsn turning points <laughs> one of the turning points in my life was at the end of grade 10 i was in i was always a nerd though like i've i've always been super smart and um i was in the highest math at the time i think it was math 10 pure or whatever and i was acing all my tests and it was it was easy to me and at the end of the year, my teacher's like, hey, I'm going to fail you. And I'm like, what? Because like on the, after the final, he's like, I'm going to fail you. And I'm like, for what? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, because you're not showing your work. He's like, you're just writing down. There's because, you know, right? They're like, you got to do all yes. the steps, like the four or five steps and then write your answer. And then, uh, I was doing maybe one step and writing my answer because I was doing it all in my head. Wow. And. And I'm like, what? For what? He's like, because you're not showing your work. Like, part of the marks is for showing your work. And I'm like, why do I need to show my work? I have the right answer. I'm like, if you think I'm cheating, I'll do the test in front of you. But I'm not going to do three, four times the work because you want me to. I'm like, I got the answer in half the time. Like, let's, let's go. And he failed me. Wow. Like, he actually, he failed me, but he failed me with a good enough mark that I would still move on to grade 11 math, but I'd be in a lower math. And so then like grade 11 comes and then I feel like I'm in like the quote unquote dumb class. And I'm just like this, I'm like, nah, I'm like, screw this. So I only lasted like maybe two months in grade 11 and I dropped out of school. Wow. I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm like, this is, I've had enough of being put in the box, right? Like I'll think this way and do it this way and be this and do that and I'm like no I'm good like I'm I'm out thanks and you know so what does a 16 year old boy do when he's not going to school he doesn't have a job mm. no positive male role model in his life uh things started to go south really quick so just you know getting involved in like the drug culture uh getting into lots of fights uh, things like that. So it didn't take long for me to be on the police radar. Mm. So getting arrested, I think twice when I was 17, once at 18, again at 19, house arrest on nine, from 19 to 21, I was on house arrest. Um, and then, yeah, and then continuing in that life until I was about 26 and a half. So it was just lots of times, like, you know, thinking, am I going to die? Am I going to do time and things like that? And so, I, like, I knew I couldn't continue that way. And so at 24, I went back to school mm. because I'm like, hey, like, I have a criminal record. I don't have a high school diploma. You know, what kind of job am I going to get with that? And so I'm like, I don't want to work for other people. Again, not, I don't like being told what to do. And so I, I went to Nate for business school. Like all I, all I had to do was upgrade three months, take a three month course to, cause I didn't have the high school diploma. 
I took a three-month course, which I'm like, sweet, that's a win. I didn't have to do high school, and all I did was three-month course. I'm like, yeah. And then I got credit for my first semesters, and so I did business school. I got my business diploma from Nate, and I was like, hey, I'm going to do business and that kind of thing. And so eventually, I was able to walk away from that life, unfortunately, because uh, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of friends, funerals. Uh, people do like serious times, lives wasted, thrown away um, for nothing, really. Like in the end, like when you think about it, like for nothing. And it it breaks my heart because it's like there's it's a lot of, you know, they're not like bad people. It's just is like similar to me. They, they didn't have a father figure. They didn't have the right person come and talk to them and show them that, Hey, you know what? Like, yeah, you've been through some stuff and you can still do something positive with your life. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it, it's very easy for young boys, young men to go down the wrong path uh, without the right guidance and without the right support. Um, so yeah, that it breaks my heart to see that and still see some people I know in that. Um, was yeah, there, so, go ahead. So you went to school. You went to school. I'm just gonna hold on. In case my, my internet's slowing down a bit. So you you go back to Nate at 24 years old, and yeah. so you start to have that change. But you said it wasn't until 26. Like, what was a catalyst for you to venture into <laughs> self development and changing your life? Oh no! Oh my what is god. The it was, it was the craziest shit. So during during Nate, while I was at Nate, I started uh, exploring network marketing. And so I, I started working on a network marketing company. And then I was also had a clothing company with one of my friends. When I, when I graduated, we were making like hoodies and shirts and stuff. And the same thing. It was, it was funny because the company was called Intellectual Dons. And so the whole idea was our, our slogan was telling the truth, exposing the lies. Mm. So, you know, it's from, I've always been about like, let's put the idea is like, let's put some truth out there. Let's put it in people's face and make it look nice. So people like it catches people's eyes and stuff. Right. And so we did that. And when I graduated from Nate at, I think it was just before I was 26, I graduated from Nate. And so I was like, okay, like, but I was still selling drugs. You know, it's the whole time I was at Nate, that's how I paid for school and all that. And and so I was like, okay. And then I ended up moving down to Calgary. And so when I was in Calgary, I'm, you know, I'm doing my illegal stuff. And when I was in Edmonton, I was doing my businesses. So it was like a, I was living two lives, really. Yeah. And so one time I, I came up to Edmonton. And I was doing some network marketing stuff. And I spent a few days here. And I felt I'm like, there's something odd going on. Like everywhere I went, I would see cops and like more than usual. Even like I pull up to my mom's house and like a cop car drives by as I'm getting out of my car and looks at me and like, no, there's weird things going on where I was like, something's going on here. But like, I was like, I'm not doing anything. So whatever. And then I'm all ready to go back to Calgary. And I, I had to meet some people from my network marketing business we were doing training for uh, some of the new people that had just joined my team. And so I went and met three friends at the Tim Hortons. Because Tim Hortons is a regular place to do these kind of meetings. And then about halfway through the meeting, I see all these cop cars and stuff pull up. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, fuck. And I just, I just knew. I'm like, they're coming in here for me. And right in the middle of the meeting, like the Edmonton Police Gang Unit walks in. And they're like, hey, Rodolfo, get up. You're coming with us. And I'm like, what? I'm like, for what? And they're like, oh, possession for the purpose or something. And I'm just like, I don't have anything. And they're like, well, maybe you don't have anything now, but you have and blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. And they're like, just didn't. So they, whatever. They put me in cuffs, took me downtown and took my car downtown, everything. And I just remember like, and then I seen a few other people in the holding cell that they had arrested too. So I was like, okay, like I knew some of them and I knew, I knew what they were up to. And so I'm like, okay, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, if they think I'm involved in this, like I'm, it's over already. Like I already have a criminal record. I'm like, if I'm getting 
thrown in with this. Like I'm probably going to do like five to 10 years or something here. And I was, I thought, I thought my life was done. And I just remember when sitting in that cell overnight, I spent the night in there. And I just remember I, it might've been one of the first times as an adult that I prayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm like, please. I'm like, I promise. Cause I had already been thinking of quitting for like a year. And I remember just praying, like, please, oh my God, I'm like, please, if, if I can get out of this, I promise I'm going to change my life. Like I'm done. This is the last fucking day. I'm not fucking, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, cause I can't, I'm like, I'm going to lose my life, my businesses and stuff for what? Like, some a little bit some money and and then sure enough in the morning the same cops that arrested me came into the cell and they were like okay they were asking me some questions and stuff and they're like okay we're gonna let you go uh, we didn't find anything on you we didn't find anything in your car so we gotta let you go and i'm like see like i told you guys i'm like i wasn't doing anything and then they're like rolfo like we don't ever want to see you again and I told him the last thing I said before I left, I was like, don't worry. I'm like, you're never, ever going to see me again. And I, that same day, like I went back to my mom's house and she's like, well, Julie, what are you doing here? She's like, I thought you went back to Calgary last night. And I told her what happened. And I'm like, I'm going to stay here for a little bit until I figure out what I'm doing. And, and so I, so and then, yeah, I quit that same day, told everyone like, I'm done. Like I'm not doing this anymore. And just, stayed at my mom's for a bit and and now got like some just whatever job just it was crazy i went from you know in that drug world like almost swimming in money the job i took i was getting ten dollars an hour when i started i was getting fucking ten dollars an hour I mean, like, it was tax-free. I was getting paid under the table, but still, I was like, oh, my God. So I went from, like, having all the money I could want to, I'm like, am I going to pay my phone bill or pay or, or feed my dog? So it was it was a really rough transition in the year. And then I ended up quitting that job, and I was like, hey, I'm just going to go hard at this network marketing thing. I'm just going to do that. And a week later, the network marketing company got shut down. <sighs> <laughs> so then i'm like yeah I, all of a sudden i have no job no business because the clothing company also we decided not to do it anymore either so i'm like i went nothing and then my friend was like hey you know that course i've been telling you about for a year like since you're not doing it like they got one coming up in a few weeks and i got a free seat with your name on it i'm like all right like i was i wanted to do it while she's been telling me but i just never had time with having a job and two businesses and so i was like okay let's go and this was then yeah thanks jen and this is this was then when i went and did this course and it 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 changed my life like this this march is going to be 10 years now since i did that course and it absolutely changed my life because it started the big one of the biggest lessons from the course is accountability and that like in everything that happens in my life absolutely everything i've played a role in it so it's not that like things are happening to me i'm not a victim to the world is i've played a role in everything even with even with my dad and it's part of that piece of like i i chose my dad before i came here before i came to this you know if 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 people are spiritual and have those spiritual beliefs of like um that we've been here before and there's spiritual lessons and, and that kind of thing is I chose my dad before I incarnated here on this planet because he was going to leave and I was going to learn this and this from him and all the lessons that come from it. And so I started seeing, like, okay, even with my teachers, I've played a role in everything. And so at that point I had been a victim. I'm like, oh, all this bad shit's happening to me in my life and blah, blah. And now it's like, okay, if I played a role in all the problems and worries in my life, that means I also have the power to play a role in the solutions. That means I'm, I'm that powerful. I, I can change things if I change my, the way of thinking. If I heal some of my trauma, because there's definitely trauma for me from my youth with my dad, even in the two years I spent in El yeah. Salvador, 
is all built up trauma. So if I play a role in all that, I can really start to change my life. And it, I mean, it's been 10, I've, I work with that company now. <laughs> like I've, I've been, I work with them. I've been working with them for five and a half years now. And now like I went from all that to now I get to help bring this work to the world and to people and to shift lives. Like literally like just 20 minutes before we, I jumped on this video, I just finished a drum journey for my friend. Like he came over, we worked out and then I did a drum journey for him to find his power animal. And he's like, Oh man, he's like, I've never had a visualization that intense before. And so now I get to help people heal. I get to heal myself. I get to um, this Saturday, I'm going to speak at a youth event. Um, and this is something I'm passionate about working with youth. I get to go inspire 40 youth and do an, do an activity for them and do a meditation for them. And like, that's the, that's the transformation I've been able to do in the last 10 years is not right. I coach, coach men run a men's group where, because that's the piece I want to there to be better role models for our youth. If we have better role models and people showing that men men can be men without having to be violent and angry and and a real what a real man real awake conscious man looks like are a lot of our youth aren't going to be getting into the problems that i got into like that's my main goal with that is i don't i want uh, if i can help even one young boy man not make the same mistakes i made then it was all worth it so, and I haven't heard your story in this detail either. That is <laughs> really intense and miraculous. And, and what makes somebody, because I'm sure, like what made it so that it was like a switch for you? Because the money's calling to you. You know you can do it. And you went from like, as you said, swimming in money and an image and living a double life, essentially, to be, to yeah. like, like losing everything or so it seemed from the outside in yeah yeah and like the the big things like yeah like I, I walked away from that life with nothing yeah I don't know, like I, I i kept my car but like even some money i gave back because i didn't want to have ties to that anymore like it was just the ener the energetics around it or i was like if i'm walking away i'm walking away hands clean mm. or at least as as clean as they could be um and the, the biggest thing, like a lot of something pe like people don't because right, this that lifestyle is glamorized in society, right? Like they make movies about it. They make rap videos about it. And like, it's cool to be a gangster and drug dealer. Like you get all the women, you get the money, you get the cars and you whatever. All They glamorize that lifestyle. But the things they don't tell you is right. Like you like literally you sleep with one eye open. It's like your sleep sucks um, for myself. Um, I didn't use my real name. So a lot of people didn't even know my name. Um, like it was, it was all fake. It's not real. And cause even when I walked away, like half the people I knew now aren't my friend anymore. So it was like, I was alone. And just the biggest piece of it was like, I, I, I wasn't being me. I wasn't being true to me and who I was. And I I'd lost myself. Like literally I was pretending to be someone else, even with the fake name. And I wasn't being me. And so then when I started doing this work, I started getting back to the real me again. And I started being able to um, sleep again, like have peace in my life and not be paranoid. I'm not looking over my shoulder all the time. I'm not paranoid every time I see a, a cop car or like I, I finally had peace in my life again. Like it was those first probably three to four years were really, really rough and like not having money, like trying to like pick, pick up the pieces of my life again and, and create something. But that was what, you know, kept me going was just, I was, I was, I was starting to have a better relationship with myself and loving myself again and, and showing people who I really was and doing the things that I love again. So, you know, this just came yeah. through like in my mind, it's like, what you had before wasn't real. So then even though the, what was true, you, you know, having a bit of suffering and struggle to build something, but it was based in truth. So it was peace. Like you can't, there's no price for peace and for being yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was all, it was all fake. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people are your friends when you're at the bar spending $500, $1,000. And, you know, it is all fake. It wasn't, there was no foundation to the friendships. There was no, mm-hmm. nothing like, like, you know, and that's not to say that, and again, not, no, not saying any, like they're bad people or anything. It's just, that's, that's, that's the lifestyle. It's, it's, it's just fake. Mm. Okay. So, um, you said you're working with the company. I, I think you should give them a shout out. So what was this company, the course, and has there been people or other things? Like I want to give people tangibles that really helped you while you were, you know, yeah. Yeah. Totally so it's crumbling it, your life in a good way. Yeah. So the company is, it's a local company in Edmonton. Uh, it's called integrity seminars. And that's, I have the privilege of working there now. The woman who uh, founded it and runs it, her name's Rayanne Woodshats. And I always tell people, like, she saved my life. Mm-hmm. And because that was like, you know, I'm only a year into the new life. And there was definitely a lot of people that, from my old life there, that were like trying to keep me, pull me back, I guess. And, and part of it is because they saw me suffering. Like, you know, like, oh, you don't have any money, but like, here, just come, come do this and give you some cash and help you out. And, but that's the thing is like, you know, just any little thing you fuck up once and your life's done. And so I was like, no, like, I can't do that. And so she really helped me. The courses, the community helped, really helped me. Well, one, surrounding myself with people that were doing something positive in their life, right? Because a big part of, what we do with our lives and the results we create is based on the people we surround ourselves with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to see men. That was, that was big for me. I got to see men that were working on themselves, were allowing themselves to show emotion, were healing the way they were treating women, the way they were treating each other and opening up. And so I got to see a different version of men. And, and then, yeah, the biggest was the accountability. And then the, okay, the, <laughs> one of the biggest pieces is the, is the, our belief systems. And so the, the underlying, the, right. Cause it's, it's like the iceberg. Everyone's seen the picture of the iceberg, right? Like where we, we see what's above water is just like five, maybe 10% of what then you go below you look under the water and it's like poof like this this huge massive iceberg and so that's what our beliefs are like so if the biggest the best example i can use for my life is so my whole 20s i was single i didn't date anybody in my 20s and that wasn't for a lack of trying or wanting or any of that and and so that's the big thing I started to work on in my 30s through the work I was doing with this company and stuff. And I'm like, why? I'm like, I can't fucking buy a girlfriend or a date or whatever. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm, you know, like, why is this so difficult for me? And when I started to work on my beliefs and discover, okay, what are some of these limiting beliefs might be? I'm like, So I always go back to based on results because our results are created from our beliefs. And I'm like, okay, so if, if my, if my results are I've been single for 10 years, what might be something I believe about myself that created that? And this is where we have to get brutally honest because what, what would somebody that's been single for 10 years maybe believe about themselves? So maybe I'm not lovable. Relationships don't work. If I let somebody in, if I let somebody close to me, they're going to hurt me. Uh, things like that and that's exactly what i had running at the less than conscious level because of what i seen with my dad and my mom right so again with my dad being abusive beating up my mom beating me up is that whole piece relationships don't work watch out don't let anyone get close to you because you're going to get hurt and that discovering that and a lot of the other beliefs i had is what really started to shift my life i was like hey how can i start to heal these beliefs because i don't want to be single for the rest of my life i don't want to keep people at arm's length like i want to have close friends i want to have close relationships and and so it's the whole piece there's two ways to change a belief one you can either blow up your world (laughs) or or when something really just earth shattering happens in your life that you just can no longer have that belief or it's repetition it's starting to tell yourself a different story, changing 
the story and taking accountability and, and that kind of thing. So it's just that piece of starting to work with affirmations. I made an affirmations tape. It's still to this day is my alarm clock. So every time I hear my alarm, the first thing I hear is I am an open, honest, uh, open, honest, confident man. I'm in loving relationships in all areas of my life. Finances flow to me with ease and flow. So I was like, all I hear the first thing in the morning is my affirmations. When I get up, I write my affirmations down. I write my gratitude list down. I write my intention for the day. And it's just that piece of like, and this is the thing, like people always hear things, oh, 21 days to build a new habit, 90 days to do this and that. And this is like a, to me, this is a, way longer than that like because for 30 years i was telling myself relationships don't work keep people away from you or they're going to hurt you it's not going to change if i just say 10 things in the mirror one time right like this is this is a daily practice to go until until we have a different result because people ask okay how do you know how do you know you've healed how do you know that you've shifted something inside of you that it's not tangible. You can't just look at it and, okay, yeah, that belief is healed. That's how you know. When we have a different result, then, you know, there's something shifting inside of you. So then it's like, okay, you know, then I started doing that kind of work and I'm specifically on the relationship piece and I started getting dates. I actually had a girlfriend. Like, I think I had, what is it? What are we in? A three so three 2018 2019 i was like oh okay like actually have a girlfriend like i'm in a relationship and i was like holy crap and like that was that was huge for me like it might not be a big thing for some people but that was massive for me because i was the first girlfriend since i was like 19 so i was like 13 14 years or something right new result and then now the now i'm in a, in a different relationship and this relationship has been like next level kind of in just the conversations we have and um, even, even like the arguments and stuff like that's, it's, it's not like afterwards we're able to look at like, okay, like where does that come from? How can we heal that and, and stuff? So it's been totally different results. So I'm like, okay. And it's awesome. Thank you. Keep it coming. And it's like, okay, it's, it's, I still have some work to do. So it's just in layers. There's layers to it, but I'm happy. The results are changing. The, the results are definitely changing. I think that that's so important. And we've kind of, I don't know if lost the art, but it seems like people don't know how to look at results. For example, with what we're dealing mm-hmm. with in society, right? It's like the results are there, mm-hmm. but people don't know how to, I don't know, maybe based on how they feel, they don't know how to discern the results or something. So um, that's a side note. Um, with the healing, you talk about results. And I want to go to mindset work versus like embodiment work. Because I think you do both. You do like drumming and nervous system regulation, things like that. How does that play into, you know, I think there's a lot of people who do affirmations and it just doesn't click for them. Do you know what I mean? So are you... If I'm understanding the question right, is it speaking more of like the energetics or, or can you say it again, please? Yeah, sorry. That was a long rant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I'm getting at is I've done the mindset work and it does take you to a certain place, but I know you do lots of other things as well. Mm -hmm. How do you get the mindset work to actually be embodied? Mm. and to create that healing because you know it's something it's deeper than just thinking from my experience yeah yeah like it's it's definitely more than just like the affirmation stuff it's like there's emotion i was just reading the our vibrations matter so so much yes for sure um yeah there's there's a lot of it's getting the the heart involved in that too so finding ways to be able to open our hearts so like when i so when i do my affirmations it's it's that piece of like how how do i want to feel from this and adding in emotion into it has definitely helped a lot for me um 
doing for myself doing energy work almost so funny like i got oh my drums in the other room because i was doing the drum journey but even just vibration so like i have i have my tuning fork here that i've been using a lot lately and so what this is is it's it, you put this end on a part of your body and it will send vibrations down throughout your body and so that's one way of like actually like right embodying like better vibrations and that kind of thing um yeah it's 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 tough to put into words like the the embodiment piece but it's it's yeah like the main the main honestly the main thing was the finding like actually getting real serious about what those underlying beliefs are because and and finding the way to change that because you know it's it's cool to write like affirmations like oh i'm happy i'm loving and that kind of thing but it's like we really need to hone in on what are those limiting beliefs that we have and like and like really like the subconscious ones that's not because at surface level right if at, at 25 someone had asked me oh do you think relationships work We're like well yeah obviously like look at how many people are married and all that kind of stuff and like i have friends and blah 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 but at it's at the less than conscious level that i didn't believe relationships work that i didn't believe that if I let people close to me, they were going to hurt me and that kind of thing. Cause yeah, it's, there's, so there's just, there's levels to, it. and it's, it's the, it's all the unconscious, right? The 90% of the iceberg, that's what's running the show. So it's gotta be finding a way to tap into that 90% subconscious thinking, the subconscious brain, the subconscious mind and, and working on that level of things. Yeah. And, and, I think you're hitting the nail on the head when you say like the results of your life. Like, even if you go, no, no, I don't believe that. Well, if the results there, there's you something going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the why, like, if any, don't fool you. exactly. Results don't lie. And that's why, like, that's the, that's one of my, the, the, for me, the easiest ways for people to get into that subconscious is just look at your results. If people take anything away from today is, is take these three words based on results, right? So like write a list of your results and then ask yourself, what must I believe about myself that this is what I created? Because the results don't lie. They're, they're going to be the most honest evidence we have of what's going on inside of us. I think I needed to hear this today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know the stuff right because i i i can conceptualize and i've heard this before but also when somebody speaks it again or in a different way or something comes up it's yeah. like yeah that that yeah. rings true to me um okay i want to touch on this because we were chatting about this there's a lot of crazy shit happening in the world <laughs> yes and you know we don't have direct control over justin trudeau and his actions mm -hmm. Or anyone yeah. else's, for that matter. So you talked about how the revolution... What? <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't control it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, but what... You talked about the revolution starting within. And what does that mean for you? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's something, like you said, like at the beginning, I'm not even sure if I touched on it, is like, so my... my what I've been putting out in the last three years has really shifted. You know, when when COVID and all this stuff first started, I was like, oh, fuck this, fuck that. Like, I was at every rally. I even spoke at the rallies and that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, we need to, like, go down to Ottawa or whatever. You know, I was I even went to Coots at the border and and stuff and and all that kind of stuff. But the, the biggest thing for me is just that piece, right? We just said we can't control all of that is outside of our realm of control. Being with all the, like the fuck Trudeau flags and all of that kind of stuff, it's really heavy energy. Because then even when we're saying fuck Trudeau, we're still promoting Trudeau. We're still saying Trudeau, Trudeau, Trudeau. Right? So we're still giving our energy to him. We're still, and that's what, and that's what these people thrive on 
is, is it doesn't matter if we're talking about them in a bad way or in a positive way, we're still giving our energy to them. So is that piece of like, how, how much energy and how much of my life do I want to dedicate to, to them? And so then it's that piece of like, if I look out into the world and I see anger and division, that's a lot of what we've seen over the last three years, where, where in my life am I being angry? Where in my life am I being divisive? Because that's what I have control over. And again, we said, I don't know if I did a video earlier. I'm like, I don't know if it was on this video or that one, but talked about the outer, the outer world is just a reflection of the inner world. So it's like, if I'm seeing anger and division out there, where is it inside of me? And how do I heal that inside of me? Because it's, when, we, when we heal what's inside of us, we start to heal the people we influence. We start to show them a different way. And when we start showing them a different way, then we start healing our community. Then that, that, that ripple, the ripple effect, right? I, I do my own personal healing work and the people around me see that and that affects them. Then the people around them see that and it affects them. So it's the whole piece of like, if I don't like Trudeau and I want to get rid of Trudeau and I don't like restrictions and stuff that's going on, instead of right war, instead of being instead of being anti-war, because you're still promoting war, our our brains don't process negatives. So when I'm saying anti-war, I'm all my brain hears is war, mm -hmm. and that's the vibration and frequency that my brain goes into. So instead of saying that, I'd be like I'm pro love. I'm pro-freedom. I'm pro-happy, pro-choice, whatever. Instead of I'm anti-this. It's just, it's a totally different energy and a totally different vibe. And you're going to attract totally different results into your life. And so it's, it's not saying it's not important to know what Trudeau and them are up to. Uh, it's, it's definitely awareness is key. And where do you want to focus your energy? I was like, we know they're corrupt. Everyone knows the government's corrupt. Whatever side people are on, they, we all know they're corrupt. So I was like, how can I shift that? Where am, where am I corrupt, right? Like, where, where, it's, easy, it's easy, easy to point the finger at Trudeau, but where, where am I fucking corrupt? Like, you know, where, where's the anger in me? I want to heal that. And yeah. Yeah, I love that. Something because a year and a half ago, somebody called me narcissistic for not wanting to be you know, getting the thing. Yeah. And so I've been like researching narcissism and what I've really come to recently is like, where am I narcissistic? <laughs> now, I disagree with their interpretation of me being narcissistic. Yeah. I don't think their filter was, was, you know, true. But yeah. when you start to look around and be like, Trudeau's so narcissistic, like the elite are so narcissistic, what's going on? It's like, how do I sit back and go, okay, where is that showing up in my life? And how do I shift and change that? Yeah. But as a journalist, it is, it's challenging because how do we shine a light on things and that awareness, but without giving it more fuel? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, that, yeah. It's a fine line to walk for, especially in that field in journalism, because that's your job is yeah. to show people what's going on and, and that kind of thing. And I, I, the main thing I'd say is, is the energetics behind it. Mm. Like, how does, how does this sentence feel? Yeah. How is what I, how's, how's what I said feel? Is it, is it heavy energy or is it lighter? Right. Cause people, people are even on both sides. People are tired of the heaviness. Yeah. People just want to go back to loving each other and caring for each other and doing things together and, and that kind of thing. So it's like, how do I, do that how do i how do i promote that like yeah and and i definitely i i vibe with you saying the heaviness the weight it's like how do we get lighter loving playful but also look at reality look at the results because pretending the results aren't the results is going to cause yeah. more issues down the road as well yeah that's why we're, yeah, i think that's why we're here yeah 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 it's like it's definitely not ignoring what's going on it's it's fighting it in a in a different way 
in, in a way that they don't know what to do, right? Because they know how to they know how to deal with protests. We saw that with the truckers, right? And and again, right? I 100% supported what they were doing. I I went out anytime I could. And like, did anything really come out of that? They know how to, right? They fucking they're trampling women, old women with horses. Like, you know, that's that's what they want. They want people to do that. They know how to control that. What they don't know how to control is when people get together from both sides and talk when mm. people from both sides get together and love each other and hug each other that's what they don't know how to control so it's like when we just do our own thing like okay yeah, I, I hear your thing what you're telling us to do and we're just gonna go do this we're gonna ignore you just ignore you and we're gonna just do our own thing so that's that's a lot of what i did over those three years like yeah. never i never stopped running programs <laughs> Like, you know, if if anything, I got more social over COVID because there are so many like gatherings and stuff and everything because I'm naturally introverted and by by nature, like I, I like my alone time and my downtime stuff. But then I was like, okay, like, oh, you're telling me I can't do that. Like, let's, let's go. And just so just finding the ways to still still be love and light and happy and no matter what is going on so do doing what makes you happy fill your cup mm, i love that um what what results do you want to see in your life in the future what results are you healing towards right now on like the, on the biggest things i'm still working on is is the relationship and being able to really have like the conscious um the loser oh sorry but being able to still have like a conscious okay you're still there okay um is yeah so being able to have a really conscious aware connected like next level kind of relationship is because I, I struggle, I still struggle in relation in primary relationship and even some of like the friendships again with just how I react when I don't get my way or 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 so still like healing that right because there's layers to all this. Uh, there's layers to our beliefs and to our results and that kind of thing. Um, so I really want to be able to be the kind of man uh, that my dad wasn't, and you know be and then have have a family that's definitely something i want to do is you know be committed and have that family um and then again like finishing my shamanic coaching certification will be finished by the uh, my goal is to be done by the end of the year and then practitioner will come next year and so just being able to run more workshops and uh, events healing stuff for other people being I'm, I'm learning a lot about like the energetics how to work with energy and so being able to do that and then working working more with youth. So right, like this Saturday, I'm going to this youth event. Um, so yeah, just stepping more into like my own, my own um, calling and, and just and being loud and, and proud and, you know, all that, all that stuff. Being, okay, I'm going to push you a little bit here. Yeah. You said you want to be what your dad wasn't. So if you yeah. said... <laughs> saving the energy there so what are some characteristics exactly. that you you want to embody um yeah yeah that's thank you for pointing that out so that's 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 key again it's it's the way the things we say my my brain doesn't process the wasn't it just heard be like your dad so thank you um but yeah so being um loving understanding patient patience we talk patience the big thing i'm working on right now patience and sweetness um so if i in in shamanism there's four ways four moods of stalking and stalking it's not the stalker thing it's stalking is the way of being way of is there's dreamers and stalkers so it's dreaming and stalking stalking is the doing dreaming is dreaming and so there's four moods of stalking and we all kind of have our two major ones um, but we play in all four. And so my two major ones are ruthless and cunning. 
is how I show up. And again, like ruthless doesn't necessarily is not necessarily a bad thing. There's a light and dark side to all four of them. Cause even the other two are sweet and patient. So even people that are sweet, there's a dark side to sweet. It's that piece of you're too nice. You're a people pleaser. You're a pushover, that kind of thing. Right. So there's a light and dark side to everything. And so my morning affirmations right now, the things I'm working on is I am a sweet and patient man. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's the big thing I'm working on is being able because ruthless and cunning. Yeah. It works for me and there's a place and time for that. Um, but not everyone responds well to ruthless and cunning. You know, my partner might not be the best person to be ruthless and cunning with. She might respond better to uh, sweet and patient. Right. So it's that piece of learning when and where ruthless and cunning is good and when and where I can probably step more into the sweet and patient piece. And that's something I didn't experience with my dad. And so, yeah, definitely sweet and patient. That's what I'm going to go. That was my, that's what I'm working on uh, really, really hard right now. Mm, I love that. Okay. Ask this question to everyone. What's the biggest lie you once believed? Oh my God, that, that is a, such a good question. It's the biggest lie I once believed. I, 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 I would say um, that the people that came before us were primitive. Because like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big history guy. I love history. I read and watch anything on history. And it's like these these people, you know, say the people that built the pyramids and all that kind of stuff. I don't believe that it was done by slaves. They're like the the precision of like the alignment to the stars and and the the precision of the cutting of the stones and moving stones that are freaking a hundred, two hundred tons. And like I could go on all day about that, but primitive hunter gatherers and slaves did not build that shit. I don't care what anybody says that that was an advanced civilization that built these things and they were more advanced than we are now, as far as maybe not technology wise, but as far as like consciousness um, ways of being and, and the knowledge they had was, was super advanced. Like our, our history, history is a lie. Let's, let's put it at that. We're going to Right? Because right? even you, you see right now, like how bad they can't even accurately report what happened today. How bad is history? Well, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm not saying that they can't. There's a choice. They're not. Yes. They're yeah. choosing to. Right? Yeah. So if they can't, if they're choosing not to accurately report what happened today or an hour ago, what are they doing with what happened a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, 10,000 years ago. <laughs> I, I hear you and I'm in that with you. Um, is there anything else you want to say, my friend? Um, yeah, that's, that's the main thing is, is, is doing, just do the work on ourselves, right? It's easy to point fingers for myself. Like I have, I have friends on both sides and I was, um, my partner was actually, I was telling her about some of the losses I took and some of the people that decided not to be my friends and stuff over the choices I made with my own body over the last couple of years. And she's like, do you, she's like, if you could go back, would you change anything of how you showed up? And I was like, no, because like, I, I love myself. I love who I am. And, you know, to me, again, that's that, that was fake friendships because I wasn't calling people names. I wasn't doing anything like that. I was just being me. And if you don't like me because I'm now, I'm not making the same choice as you. That's, that's cool. That's okay. That's okay with me. But look at what I've created in that space that them leaving created. Right. Cause like every time people leave, it creates space for somebody new to come in. And I've been able to fill my, space my community with amazing people and made amazing connections and all of that through everything that's happened so it's just that love by get 
one, get that nice, amazing relationship with you, who you are, your inner diamond self is start, start nurturing that. And that is what's going to attract the people that love you and that care about you want to create with you. That is so fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rodolfo. And how can people interact with you, work with you, um, you know, uh, connect with you further if they want to? Yeah, like the best way is, is on Instagram. I, I'm watching the comments and notifications as they go. I saw like some people started following. Um, I'm definitely more active on Instagram than like Facebook or anything. Because uh, I, I like to share stories and and yeah, and then the, like the link in my profile it was all the ways to connect with me and and be able to work with me or just see what I'm doing and that kind of thing. So check that out. And yeah, yeah, beautiful. Okay, good luck with being sweet and patient, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thank you, and thank you for having me on here. Thank you, everyone that tuned in. It was, this was yeah. a lot of fun, and I love what you're doing. Keep it up. And thank you. We'll yeah, and thank you everyone who's listening on the replay. And um, let's keep the conversations going. This is what's important right now. Beauty. Okay, awesome. Bye. Thank you. See ya. Bye.